Welcome back to Mining Stock Daily, everybody. Trevor Hall here, joined by John Black, CEO of Regulus Resources. They do trade on the Venture Exchange with REG and on the OTCQX with RGLSF. John, welcome back to the podcast. How you been? Doing well, Trevor. How about yourself? Uh, doing wonderful. Looking forward to uh, uh, conference season begins here shortly in our neck of the woods in Colorado. So uh, last week before that kicks off. Uh, but we've got to touch base with you and the team at Regulus because you put out news last week, uh, you know, kind of a general update uh, on expiration and some social community activities involved with the Anticori project there in Peru. What's interestingly, uh, in, in the very first paragraph of the news, you said that the company's actively pursuing opportunities uh, to unlock value uh, of Anticori. So obviously, despite uh, expiration not being incredibly active, uh, you know, uh, of the seasonality, uh, the work never stops. So give us a general sense of what's really happening with Anticoria behind the scenes here. Absolutely. And what this has really meant was it's it's been some time since we've had substantive news out and we just wanted to provide an update for people on, on where we're at with the project. Um, as most of, of those that are familiar with us know, we already have a sizable resource in hand in the project. Um, our drilling that we last reported was continuing to advance that to the north. Um, but we're, we're taking a little bit of a pause at the moment right now um, and essentially preparing the district to, to see um, how we move this forward. So part of this is we're evaluating different ways we can go forward with the project, uh, how that will work for us. And a big component of that is is ensuring we have a large footprint around the project that is um, uh, involves community members or stakeholders that are comfortable with the project and like how we're going forward. And and that involves employing people and, and providing projects that improve their their means of, of livelihood going forward. And that it's not a it's not something that's an add-on to what we do. We view it as an integral part to the process. That adds value to the project if we're establishing a, a positive link between development of a project and the communities around us. And one of the best ways to do that is through additional work. So a lot of what we're, we're doing right now is we, we recently announced that we um, made it to the threshold where we earned into a 70% interest in the Koki Rumi block, a large block of ground where we're we earned into an interest from Buenaventura on the north side. We have a similar agreement on the east side of the district that allows us to earn up to a 60% interest in a block of ground held by gold fields. And we hadn't done much work on that until recently. And um, so the, the good news that we were able to put into this release is that our community's team has successfully negotiated access with the community of Tingle. And uh, community, community of Tingle is, is a relatively pro-mining community, but they... They do like to have their compensation to move forward. And so it took us a little while to get that in place, but we have that in place now. We're in the first phase of exploration where we do surface geologic mapping, uh, rock chip sampling, and and preliminary geophysical surveys to, to just get a feel for what's the ground. It's immediately to the east of the known mineralization at the at the Tantuatai mine, so it's, it's, it's very prospective mm-hmm. ground and a very good chance that we'll develop drill targets in, in that area as we're going forward. So we're, we're pleased that we're doing that work to develop those drill targets, um, identify if we can expand mineralization to the east side of the district, and at the same time interacting with more communities and, and providing a, a positive link to our activity going forward. So, so that was a, a big piece of, of, the, of what we, we talked about. We also talked about some of our, our just general programs that we have 
going forward that involve all the communities around us, not just the Tingu community, but particularly the communities to the north and the west and the, the community of greater community of Chagur. And there we have some some really exciting programs going to improve internet connectivity. The, the introduction of Starlink has been wonderful because we're able to, to help communities arrange to get those types of satellite connections for internet connections into the communities, which has been great for, for a lot of the schools in the area. And then particularly an initiative that we have that we call Pastos Mejorados in Spanish. It's improved grasses in English. And it was an idea that one of our, our young team members in, in our community's team came up with. He's an agronomist by, by background. And he realized that one of the, something we could do is to improve the forage for the dairy cattle in the area. Most of the, the predominant is industry for the communities around us to the north and west side of the project area depend on, on dairy cattle. And, and he went right literally to the grassroots, to the, the, the start of the process, and developed a program where we help um, individual families and community members improve the grasses that they feed to their cattle or to their cows, and uh, improve both in terms of quantity and in quality of the grasses. And then that has an immediate impact. It's a very low-cost program, but it has immediate impact on uh, more milk production, higher quality milk production, and, and that leads into to more material available for the local artisanal cheese factories to have. And it, it has a tremendous cascading effect within the communities. It's been one of the most successful programs we have. We, have, we now have communities farther afield asking to be included in the program. So we're pretty excited about that. Wow. A, lot of, a lot of good activity going. And as I mentioned, this is all value-add type activity that, that essentially... Uh, it demonstrates the compatibility of a of a exploration operation or eventual mine operation interacting with communities to improve the livelihoods of the communities through direct employment or just improving their other means of of uh, economic benefits. So we're we're pretty pretty excited about it. Uh, as a son of a former dairy farmer, that hits home for me a little bit, uh, John. But, but you know, let's talk about it because farming and dairy farming, especially, it's a very much a generational type business. It's typically, you know, handed down from you know one generation to the other. But this area is also has a, has had a lot of mining involved with it as well. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the Tantuate mine. Uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. That was active in the 40s and 70s, obviously. So. Not, you know, 50 years ago, that's, you know, it's not short, but it's not a long time ago. You know, how, what is that relationship between the generational farmers with uh, the history of mining in the area? And how does that kind of, how has that evolved with Regulus being involved in, in the district? It's, it's probably one we need a, a few, few hours or days to go through and all the detail <laughs> on it. But uh, essentially what we have in the, in, the, in the area is we have a, a number of diverse communities around us. So on the east side of the, the, the area in the, in the district of Wagle Yoke, which includes Tingle, that's much more of a mining community. They have that tradition of long mines. The, the mining you mentioned in the 40s and the 70s, that was more small-scale family mining in the area. Um, Tentua Thai mine itself is, is actually a, an open pit, more modern mine uh, in, the, in the same general area on that. And so in, in the Tingle Wagle Yolk side, we, we have that familiarity with mining. It's, it's, a, it's a way of life. Um, groups are, are very, very much um, comfortable with mines being established. Uh, they're hard negotiators on, on making sure they get a fair shake out of it and get good employment. So mm -hmm. they, there's sometimes a complex inter, interrelation between the mining companies and, 
and going forward. But the community of Wagga Yoke has, has permitted the development of the Tantua Tai Mine and the Sarah Corona Mine of Goldfields nearby um, going forward. On the west side, the opposite side of the Continental Divide into the Chugur area, the nature of, of economic activity changes completely. And that's where we see this um, more dependence on, on dairy farming and other agricultural activities going forward, particularly as you get to lower elevations away from the mining area, downstream from where we're at. And that's why it's so critical that we make sure these groups are comfortable with, with how we're doing things, because even, even though we're above where they are elevation-wise, uh, most of the area that we're exploring isn't really apt for, for forage for animals or, or people to live in. It's high elevation ground, but we do affect areas down below us or potentially could affect them down below us. So that that's where we have a completely different approach for the communities in Chugur than on the west side than we do with Tingo on the east side. And it's 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 quite a fascinating um, process that our team goes through on on how we do this. And it's taken us years to to get to where we're at right now. But we've, we've particularly in the last two years, we've made some tremendous advancements. So a lot of times. For, I know for shareholders, it's frustrating to not see um, lots of drill holes or immediate resource increase and stuff. But but there, what we wanted to emphasize is that there is a lot of work going on in the background right now, which is is certainly yeah. adding value and preparing the the not just our our district but our, our property, but the the district overall for for continued mining activity in the future. And and in that process, we're evaluating how do we how do we fit in best with this? What do we do we do going forward? We we openly state that our intention really is to to prepare the road and and pass our project on to more of a true mining company. We're more of an exploration early development project, and that that's a lot of of what we're doing right now. We're also influenced quite a bit by some of the major companies that interact with us. Um, we have neighbors that are that are in constant contact with us for various reasons on this, but we also have large companies from from far afield that are monitoring what we're doing moving forward. The, the size of the, the deposit that we already have is, is quite significant and, and the neighbors clearly have quite a bit of mineralization as well on this. So that's drawing the big companies in. We can talk about Rio Tinto because they're an open partner of ours moving forward. And the other component of this news release that was important is that um, just as a refresher for those that might not not remember this or know much about us, is earlier this year we entered into an agreement with Rio Tinto, a division of Rio Tinto called the Newton Division of Rio Tinto. And Rio Tinto has developed technology that they believe will allow um, the leaching of primary copper sulfides and sulfur salts. Um, we've, we've been able to heap leach secondary copper mineralization, but as an industry we haven't been able to heap leach primary mineralization. And they believe that they have a technique that will work very well on this, and particularly for the style of mineralization we have. So they've come in as an equity interest in our, they own a little over 15% of the company right now, 16% of the company. And they're working very closely with us to test their technology. And if it's successful and they can demonstrate this work, it'll be quite a breakthrough. We don't need their leach technology to make the project interesting and viable. But if this works, it has potential to, to substantially improve both the economics of the project and the sort of ESG aspects, the compatibility of the project with their, their technology would use a lot less water, a lot less energy, for example. So we're very anxiously awaiting that. And um, we thought we were going to have to drill additional holes to acquire the samples for the metallurgical test, the column leach test that they'll do now. And the good news is that we mentioned in part of this release 
is that uh, as we looked into this and looked into permitting and access to different areas, uh, we, we determined together with, with Rio Tinto Newton that we have plenty of material with our existing core and it's adequate for what they need to do going forward. So we're right now um, finalizing the selection of the intervals and packaging them up and, and hope to have those landed in, their, in the Rio Tinto laboratories um, probably within about a month right now. We'll, we'll certainly let everybody know when those are landed. And that'll start a process yeah. of up to about a year where they test that material to determine if if their technology works well on the project. Well, that's great news if you don't have to go and, and drill any more holes just uh, you know, to, to send to Rio Tinto because knowing that you have all that core available and they'll take it, I mean, that obviously... The, the work progresses even if if you're not there, John. So that's awesome. That's great news and obviously saves you a ton of money. It saves uh, us a lot of money. It's a little difficult for, for us geologists to part with drill core sometimes, but uh, <laughs> but we identified material that we have duplicates of and, and we're allowed to, we, we came up with enough material to keep them happy. So uh, Very good. Uh, the other piece of technical uh, news from the project I think is worth noting is you did mention – uh, the company's entertaining the development of a decline at Anticori. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. For, for you know, potential is just an idea, you know, but give us a sense of, you know, where you're, you're, you're at with this, why you're kind of bringing this up now, and, and what would you do with it? I mean, what, what, what does this process look like? Well, it kind of came out as, as really part of two things. One, as we earned into the Koki-Rumi agreement, that – um, meant that we form a joint venture and that changes the where the land is held between ourselves and Buenaventura. And that necessitated kind of the resetting permits moving forward. Uh, the the mine next door is also in the process of, of changing some permits around as, as well. And and we're just entering into the permit stage on the on the east side. So uh, as we renew those permits we we looked more deeply into them to see what type of activities are allowed in that. And with the, the interaction we have with Rio Tinto Newton, um, now we're moving to column leach tests, but the next stage beyond that would be larger tests that would involve more material, which would be just a tremendous amount of drilling from the surface to get that. And we realized that under the, the permitting procedures in, in Peru that um, you are allowed to do exploratory uh, declines with, within part of that permitting process. So that's, mm. we're evaluating it primarily to um, gain access for more metallurgical samples. Um, but as, as we began to look at that, it, it does potentially uh, give us better access points to do more definition drilling in the, in the, in the main zones of mineralization. And that's work that will need to be done as the project advances. So maybe, it may, we may, pay for the cost of a decline just on, on having easier, more consistent access to, to be able to drill things out in the future. So it, it opens up a, a number of uh, pathways for us to, to move forward. And, and we, it's always, you know, we, we have to read a lot into a, a, a small tube of core that comes out of a drill hole. If you, if you can get an added in there, decline in there, then you, you just see so much more and you understand the mineralization so much better. It's, it's kind of, to me, it's really an indication of the natural progression of a, of a project that's moving from exploration towards development. So is this, I mean, would you make a decision in the coming year if to proceed with this in two years? What do you think? I mean, speculate on timeline. A little early for us to say that right now. We're we're just making sure what the permitting process is on it and in sure. okay. the space you need and 
and where you have you have surface access considerations and everything else with that. So it's I, I don't feel comfortable giving a timeline on it just yet, but we sure. will uh, <laughs> identify how, how we can move that. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure our new partners would like us to, to to move pretty quickly on that and get more more material. The more material, the better for us to understand the project. All right. Well, from technical advancements to community and social engagement advancements, John, uh, you know, you you are continu- continuing to work diligently there at Antiquary. Is there something here I, I, I maybe forgot to ask you that you wanted to make sure that the listeners, uh, you know, could take away before I let you go? No, I don't. I think you've really kind of covered it pretty well on on what we intended to get out on this. Is, is just indicating the type of activity we have. We're we're certainly um, in a in a in an unusual time right now where there the we we interact with groups like major copper mining companies that are incredibly bullish and and very anxious to find new projects and acquire new projects moving forward. But the market itself right now is still a little hesitant as. Uh, we we need to sort out what's happening with the global economies and and whether there'll be more rate increases or not and it's, so there there's a lot of money that's getting parked on the sidelines right now a lot of of general agreement copper is going to be a fantastic place to be but but everybody waiting to see it take off so I, I it's going to be a very interesting year I don't I don't I think at some point we'll see an inflection point and we'll see a rush back in and it's different than other downturns that I've lived through like say the global financial crisis in 2008, 2009, everybody recognized that was a tremendous bottom, but most of us didn't have any cash to do anything about it. I, I sense right now there there's quite a bit of, of cash parked right now and people uh, wait, waiting to see the either a, a better bottom or, or a clear indication that it's taking off. And so uh, we'll, we'll get the first taste of it in, in the next few months as we enter into the the conference season, as you as you pointed out, it'll be interesting to see what the buzz up at Beaver Creek will be next week and Denver Gold following that. Um, but I, I anticipate over the course of the next six to twelve months, we'll we'll see quite a different space here with a, a lot more interest getting into the the copper space here. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. I think everybody is waiting for that all clear, and we just haven't necessarily seen it yet. But uh, you know, well, it, what a difference a quarter can make. So we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. John, thanks so much for your time. Great update, and we'll catch you again here in the coming weeks. Great, thanks, Trevor. See you next week up above. Yep. All right, all right. That's your update from Regulus Resources, everybody. Again, trading on the venture with REG and on the OTCQX with RGLSF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.